is Bloomberg Surveillance. I would expect the interest rate in the Eurozone and its peripheral will be zero or lower for the rest of this decade. Sector selection does matter a whole lot. If you avoided energy last year, you probably did relatively well. It's half the global economy and it's all slowing. My sense is, though, this year things will start to turn around and I think that turnaround will be led by China. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKeon, Tom Kane, Bloomberg Surveillance Worldwide. Thrilled to have you with us. End of the quarter. I am in April Fool's Day training. Every year I get killed by my team. They just crush me. They get me so angry with such stupidity. John, one year you brought in my 101K, you know, <laughs> retirement wrap-up, yes. and I went April. You went April Fool's. It's worse, actually. <laughs> but anyways, we're getting ready for that. Our April Fool's is to bring you Barry Ritholtz four days in a row. Gonna go five. Going to make it we're a full, five, full week of, uh, of you having to endure my yeah. uh, snowfulness. Malophilus uh, nasal twang. I'm glad you can uh, pronounce it. I can't. Jobs Day tomorrow. Barry Reynolds and I will have Jim Glassman and Bill Gross uh, with us as well. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Don't settle for average in your portfolio to Invesco. The right approach means investing with high conviction. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. One of my great high points this week among many was meeting with Megan Walsh of Invesco. They've been great supporters. Her performance in dividend long only buy side investing is lights out phenomenal. It was jaw dropping to look at her upper decile consistency uh, against her peer group uh, in dividends. So it's great to speak with Invesco and thank you to them uh, for their support. Uh, Barry, we need somebody to synthesize where we are and to reset from his blinding certitude of 1231.15. Robert Sinch joins us from Amherst Pierpont. What'd you get most wrong this quarter? Um, you know, we expected a little bit of a setback for the dollar. I don't think we expected it to settle back quite this much. Um, and also, we uh, we didn't think uh, Yellen would be quite as dovish as she really is. We probably should learn that lesson, but uh, uh, as opposed to thinking whether the glass was half full or half empty, she right. just took the glass and emptied all the water out of it. John Norman, a few days ago, J.P. Morgan recalibrates. He takes dollar optimism down to stability, maybe not dollar weakness. Others actually talk about dollar weakness. Where, where does the dollar go in the next three uh, months? You know, we think it's uh, it's headed a little bit higher. Uh, we look at some of our uh, short-term valuation work, and it would suggest your dollar belongs more in a 107, 109 range rather than the 113, 114 range we're at now. But nothing dramatic. Nothing dramatic, I, you know, but I think the dollar creeps gradually higher um, as as we go through the quarter. Um, because we do think the U.S. data is going to look okay. And, and, and frankly, I think there may be a bit of a, uh, a tension developing on the FOMC. I mean, I think uh, people like, uh, like Stan Fisher and a number of the, the folks want to get on with it in terms of normalizing interest rates. And I think they may have been surprised as the rest of us about this uh, Yellen testimony this week. You, you say nothing dramatic. You're talking 107, 109. We're spitting distance from parity between the dollar and the euro. If I would have mentioned that three or four years ago, people would have thought I was out of my mind. Well, I think there's there, there are a couple of things that have gone on. One, um, you know, we have seen the continued sluggishness in Europe and a much more aggressive ECB. Early on, the ECB was not very aggressive. The Fed was aggressive. And so 
the global divergence was actually in favor of the euro as opposed to the dollar, and it was horribly overvalued. Um, and now we've seen that adjustment process uh, taking place. I think people still think fair valuation is somewhere around 115 on euro dollar. Uh, but I think we're going to undershoot that because the ECB, um, you know, will be easy for an extended period of time. And, and, and we think and hope the Fed does begin to uh, or move further along the policy uh, of normalization of interest rates here in the U.S. So we look around the world and we see the U.S. dollar versus the Canadian loon versus the Mexican peso. We go to Asia. Uh, we're back to an era of king dollar, or at least that how it, that's how it feels. Are there any other currencies out there that can go head-to-head with the dollar and actually um, allow our exporters to, to sell into their markets at a competitive rate? You know, I, I, I think we've, we, we've had the bulk of the adjustment of the dollar. Uh, you know, we're now talking about fine-tuning. If we've gone from 140 down to roughly 110 on euro dollar. Enormous, enormous yeah, move. big move. If, we, if we're at 105 or if we're at 115, that might make a big difference from a short-term trading perspective. But in terms of the, the big picture, you know, I think we've had a, a big, big part of the dollar adjustment already. Yeah. We've seen U.S. companies have to adjust that. We've seen the U.S. economy have to adjust to that. Bob, since you want to switch gears here, and Barry's really attuned to this as well, you've seen, I mean, we were talking earlier about Bear Stearns, Ace Greenberg, with, you know, his vest on and his paper tickets, and Alan Schwartz in those days, and Bank of America. Has the industry been taken over by the whole ETF hedge fund very smart guys, not evil people, but people just making huge swing trades, if you will, in and out of theme, whatever the theme is of the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have built up such huge pools of capital that have great demands for short-term performance that we do tend to see markets that are more volatile, particularly commodity markets. You know, commodity markets used to be things that, that, companies, that companies dabbled in, you know, that people actually bought and sold this stuff yeah. to produce something. It's become uh, much more financial. We saw this with foreign exchange 15 or 20 years ago. It used to be something that companies used to dabble in to, to uh, right. satisfy their trade needs. Now it's become much more financial, become much more volatile, um, and I don't think that's particularly helpful, uh, helpful and, and healthy for, for the economy right. in general. Bob Cinch with us with Amherst Pierpont. We get started on three hours of Bloomberg Radio. Uh, Charles Evans of Chicago and Kathleen Hayes, really a high point in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Barry? So I keep coming back to the strength of the dollar and what it means for our overall economy. I was in London about a decade ago, and I was astonished at a $40 hamburger at a local pub. Uh, once you figured out the exchange rate. Now it seems the U.S. Uh, tourist can travel abroad and things are, are really reasonably priced. What does this mean for global capital flows? What does this mean for uh, the overall state of the economy with, with the U.S. Se- seemingly the only strength that's out there? Yeah, you know, I think we're we're seeing a a shift in in global patterns, some some big shifts in global patterns. I think uh, one thing we're seeing is that services uh, are becoming a much bigger share of the economy globally, which is something you'd expect with an aging population, both here in Europe, even in China and and, and parts of Asia, um, and, and that just means that we're going to see areas of demand in different in in different markets. We're seeing the labor markets actually perform reasonably well. Um, service consumption is very labor-oriented. 
uh, what we're not seeing uh, doing very well are commodities and demand for commodities, and, and that's because global trade and, 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 frankly, global industrial production growth has slowed down very dramatically. So we're consuming fewer things. We're right. consuming more services. That adds the GDP, but it's a different kind of GDP. But but within that, and I know you come at this from a foreign exchange perspective, what is your call on commodities if they hit bottom? Are they in a range? Do we need to further clear markets, particularly within, you know, obviously oil, but within industrial uh, metals as well, like copper? You know, we've gotten a bit of a boost here in, in commodities across the board is with, it real? The, with the weaker dollar. I, I don't think it's real. Um, you know, I think if you look at industrial production data, I think I looked at uh, 25 or so major countries. I think there were five that had increases on a year-over-year basis and 20 that had decreases on a year-over-year basis. That's pretty unprecedented. You know, we're not in a recession, but the industrial sector probably feels like we are in a recession. I think there's probably some further clearing to take place in commodity markets. And what I particularly note is that with this weakness in the dollar, uh, in the last week or so, oil prices haven't gone up. They've actually started to trickle back down again. So uh, lower oil prices at a time when the dollar is yeah. weaker tells me that there's some fundamental weakness starting to show up again in um, in, in, that, in the oil market. In the last 10 days, we've moved from a blah range bound oil to all of a sudden right up on support. Like yeah, really I mean, we've gone we from low 40s. Days. We're now into the mid-30s at a time when the dollar is weakened up. Um, and that that tells me that it's an oil move. It's not a, a dollar general uh, pricing move. Bob Sinch, thank you for the update here on three thirty one sixteen. Barry, where'd the quarter go? Uh, th- where'd the week go? Where'd the quarter go? Things continue yeah. to move along. When the news flow is as active as it's been yeah. this quarter, time just flies by. You see that with the South African news. There's some real challenges to their political leadership and the S&P negative outlook. Uh, the outlook rather turned negative on China in Hong Kong. And they're, they're like news. They're headline news. But it's still just part of the the swirl. Plus the reality show that is U.S. politics, it has been uh, a new cycle every hour. It's been nonstop, yeah. utter fascination. It's a car wreck. You can't avert your gaze. Well, we're going to uh, continue with that again. Charles Evans with Kathleen Hayes. You'll hear that on Bloomberg Radio uh, in about two hours. Uh, I'll say two and a half hours. Uh, maybe that's an important interview as Evans has really been out front on caution on a lifting GDP. It hasn't happened and he looks uh, prescient to say the least. Futures, uh, flat, negative one, Dow futures, negative two. Uh, yields are in, yields are lower, 0.75%. Bloomberg surveillance this morning, uh, brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit Volvo Cars White Plains.com from New York with our news, Michael Barr. Tom Barry, thank you very much. A two-day nuclear security summit kicks off today in Washington. The U.S. and leaders from key Asian countries will meet to discuss North Korea's nuclear weapons program. President Obama will also meet with China's President Xi Jinping on the sideline to talk about cybersecurity. Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump walked back on comments that there would have to be some form of punishment for women who have abortions if the procedure became illegal in the U.S., Trump later issued a statement saying that abortion providers, not women, should be the ones punished. We're learning more about the Egyptian man who authorities say hijacked an Egypt airplane and forced it to land in Cyprus. The man's Cypriot ex-wife says her former ex-husband is an extremely dangerous man who used drugs. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Tom Barry. 
Michael, thanks so much. Uh, the yen, again, a lot of churning going on. 112.34 euro, 113.78. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Savannah is brought to you by Witham Smith & Brown, CPAs, audit tax, and advisory services to help your business be in a position of strength. Experience the Witham way by visiting witham.com.